We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayus, at Nick Dayus10 on Twitter, at Veterans Minimum is where you can find the show you still have until Halloween. Yes, trick or treat, bitch. Go to the Patreon, $10 tier or higher. You can... Joey <laughs> Joey Diaz. Trick or treat, cocksucker. And you can uh, be eligible to win a NFL helmet, replica helmet of your choosing, whatever team you want to choose, $10 to your hire, patreon.com slash veterans minimum. And while we're here, let's just rattle off the Patreon because I'm excited to get to this show. Derek Platies, Christopher Velasquez, Ryan Pisner, Devin Rendon, Mike Wozniak, Jordan Riley, Stephen Briggs, and shouts to my guy, Matt Marcus, for joining the Patreon in the $10 tier. Okay. My guy looking sexy as hell. Look at you go. There's a lot of work going on right now. Oh, man. Dude, congrats <laughs> on the sex early if you get some later. Uh, you know what I'm uh, saying? Focused. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're here. Uh, not a great slate from previous week, but I think it was pretty eventful. Uh, the Chiefs are in crisis mode. Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts is going to be the best tight in the league by 2022. And, oh, man, the Manicast is back. And Marshawn Lynch... Blue wire, can you hire him? Yeah. He's, he's going to be very, very expensive, but you got to hire him. <laughs> Yo, the Manning cast is unbelievable. It's so good. Also, the Tom Brady soundbite where he was like, I, I loved all the games that we played together. He's like, Nothing, I didn't like the ones I played with Eli as much. And then Eli was like, I loved all our games, Tom. As a Giant fan, you got to love the Manning cast because you know how much like, nostalgia it is because yeah, they, they bring up passwords. Like, even Marshall was talking about, you spun around and threw it in the dude with the helmet. Like, yeah. Oh, man. That was so good. Yeah. Good well, thing they were back. And, and oh, the timing was perfect because, boy, that Monday night game, it was a tough watch. It, it was very Thursday night football-esque. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was ever a worse slate of, like, primetime games this, this previous week. Well, this week is going to be pretty good. You got Packers-Cardinals. You got Vikings-Cowboys. And, and... Points will be scored Monday night. Monday night. You know the Chiefs aren't stopping anybody. Giants and Chiefs. And because their defense is gonna is so bad, yeah. I think it makes it more uh, appealing. You got Tony's 
Tony's back at practice. Barkley, Shepard, Galladay. It's going to be fun, man. And yeah. you're going to have Mannings, the Mannings on that cast, too. That's going to be good. Right. That's going to be good. But, yo, I want to get to this. This is one of my favorite things that we do. Hypotheticals. Fake trades. We got the deadline coming up next week. I asked you to compile a couple of names. And look, you can you can phrase this however you want. You think it's going to happen. You would like to see it happen. You know, a little wrestling fantasy book right. in here. I try to go a little bit more of a logical route. Try mine to think too. realistic. Mine too. Yeah. Most of mine are realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. I would love to see, at this point, I would love to see Brandon Ayuk get a fresh start. I, that might be a little harsh, but... I just don't get what's going on San Fran, but at the same time, I don't see San Fran giving up on a first-round pick. They trade a lot of draft capital up already. Yeah. Yeah, some of mine are a little rational. Some of them would be pipe dreams, but for the most part, I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Set us off. Give give us a fake trade or, or one that you would like to see. I want to see Fletcher Cox on the Chargers. Wow. I had someone else in mind for the Chargers, but okay. they <laughs> They need a lot of help up front. To me, the Eagles, they should be major sellers. Like, the Eagles, like, they were starting the rebuild. Now they got to ramp up the rebuild. Like, you already saw with Zach Ertz. I know, I know the Philly fan base, they're loyal, and it would be hard to see two franchise legends trade into, you know, similar, you know, the same season would be, I think it would be hard, it would be hard to take, uh, given how much both players, Zach Ertz and Fletcher Cost have contributed to the franchise. But I think Philly's in sell mode now. And the Chargers, they just need something up front. Like, to me, I think they're 30. They're the worst team in the league against the run, I think, per DVOA. Like, they desperately need something up front. And even though Fletcher Cox is definitely not the same player he was two, three years ago, uh, he's still someone that could absolutely generate pressure and, you know, clog up running lanes. I think the issue right now with Philly, you watch them, like, they have some of the most atrocious linebacker play I think I've ever seen. Like, their linebackers are, like, eight yards away from the line of scrimmage. They don't do anything. And I think it's very easy for Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave to get double teamed. So that's why I think Fletcher Cox is having a down year. You put him in a new system, pair him alongside Joey Bosa, I think there's going to be a lot of chaos being created. So, you know, the guy's in his, I think he's, like, 32 at this point. Give him a new, give him a, give him a contender let him cook. So the Chargers give up 5.4 yards per carry. It's the worst in the NFL. They are second in total yards given up on the ground. However, the Texans are first by about 50 yards, give or take, 45 to be exact. 216 attempts on the Texans to 179. So they are getting smoked on the ground. And also, like... The analytics back it and the numbers back it that they're bad against the run, but just the eye test, everyone is rushing for 150 yards right. against them. It just what helps them is that they put the lead at least so far this season, so that's why the rushing attempts are lower. Yeah, but it just when you're gonna start playing these big teams like a Baltimore, I know Baltimore then Baltimore surprisingly didn't totally shred them, but they had enough effectiveness. But whether they play, say, like the Titans or even a team like the Bills, who have been much more fed. Dude, I'm looking forward to this weekend. It's one of the games we're going to highlight. Chargers, Pats. The Pats just ran wild on the Jets. Right. And now you got the Chargers who got gas on the ground. It's going to be interesting. Because I think these teams realize, given how susceptible they are to you know, getting beat on the ground, but also it's like we got to keep this Chargers offense off the field as best we can. So a team like the Patriots – they're built up for this ball control style offense. Very conservative. Not going to take too many vertical shots downfield. Let's just control the ball. Hopefully get maybe for like 38 minutes and just do everything we can to keep the Chargers off the offense off the field. So 
Yeah, it'll be a good test. But I just think Chargers, they're here to contend now. Why not make a big splash? Okay, okay. I have a wide receiver. Let's get my guy Brandon Cooks out of Houston. Yeah, that's an easy one. I don't know why I said my guy. I think he's the most overrated You've wide receiver. For so <laughs> he's long. the most overrated wide receiver I think I've ever seen. Uh, let, let's get him on Green Bay. Yeah, I feel like Green Bay for the past three, four years, it's like all right, even longer. Try, yeah, <laughs> even longer. Just get this, just, get another receiver please. out there. I remember like Emmanuel Sanders, get him there. Maybe Golden Tate a few years ago, get him there. Like at this point, and given what's gone with with the, how much COVID's affected them, maybe they do make a move. Yeah. But Brandon Cooks, man, dude is still playing at a high level. It's just not appearing really that much. It's not making headlines because the team is so bad. Mm-hmm. But he's a speedster. Yeah. He's become more of a complete wide receiver, runs a lot of different routes on the route tree, not just a home run threat like he used to be. Like early on, he was a a slant and a go guy. Yeah. You know, now it's more complete. And I think any receiver that's going to be opposite of Devontae Adams, you're going to get amazing coverage. You're never going to get doubled and mm-hmm. – you need someone to take that load off of Devontae Adams, I feel like. Right. Because when you start playing better teams, I think you could game plan away from him. I think Devontae Adams has accounted for 41% of Green Bay's reception yards, or receiving yards, excuse me. Like 41%. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> so let's hope it happens. It's just uh, with Green Bay's front office, it's just you kind of like, all right, we don't expect it, but it's good to dream. Give me another one. Another, I'm, I've kind of focused on teams that I expect to be sellers. That's how I looked at. So I'm looking at the New York Jets. It doesn't seem like they're going to re-sign Marcus May to a long-term deal. Let's get Marcus May to a tender. The thing is, a lot of teams, particularly in the NFC, are kind of stacked at safety. You look at teams like Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Arizona. Like Teams are very settled there. The one team that I think has some cap room and kind of looks dysfunctional safety Dallas Cowboys, mm. and I could see the Cowboys making a splash for Marcus May. Just give him that complete safety, someone that could play deep, but then also could play in the box, be a physical presence. I just think they need that right now. You saw, particularly in that Patriots game, DeMonte Casey, who was a mess in Atlanta, now comes back to Dallas. Oh, now joins Dan Quinn in Dallas, and he's just someone that is always at position, not very disciplined. I just think the, the Cowboys, if they're going to really push, they got to get another game changer defensively maybe Marcus May is not a game changer but he's above average player and he's a great leader as well so I think Dallas should make a push for that especially given that that defense they just they just need more there like I just don't think they have enough to really compete with the best so they can make that move be on the lookout for them I like it yeah they could use some help and I don't think they re-sign them either Mm -hmm. Jets are in a weird spot because now that draft pick that they got from Seattle looks even better with how they're struggling however you also got to see what that draft pick is going to turn into, right? There's always, it's always promising when you have all these assets, but if they don't turn into players, then how good, how exactly. good are they? Uh, okay, I have a, I have a even. I feel like an even trade. I think it helps out both teams. Oh, so this is multi. So there, there's a, there's a, a guy going to one team, and that team is going to send another guy back, right? Marlon Mack to the Chiefs. Miko Hardman. Yeah, it could work because Colts definitely need some speed. They need some speed. T.Y. has played, I believe, just one game. Then he got hurt right yeah. after Houston. Can't really depend on him anymore. Yeah, at that point. Michael Pittman is a flat-out baller. 
He right. is clearly a number one wide receiver. And it's it still seems weird. We were talking about it with Impy on the last show, how it still seems a little weird to plug him into your lineups with confidence. But this dude is playing. He's top five in snaps yeah. at wide receiver, so he's always out there. Yeah. And him and Carson Wentz have been clicking the last right. couple of games. And he's a vertical threat, too. He's just not a speed super. He's someone that could win those contested catches. Like The, the pro comp from was Vincent Jackson, and it couldn't have been more perfect. Like, you wow. watch Michael Pittman, and it's very reminiscent of Vincent Jackson, especially the way he just goes up and gets it. And even uh, after a catch, he's dangerous. So, yeah, I'm a, I love Michael Pittman. And, but then again, he's still he's not something you need still need in that offense a speedster because Paris Campbell hasn't really been cutting. He's another guy who's been in and out yeah. the lineups with injuries. So I, th- I think because they have like so many tight ends there, but they don't have that true speedster. So yeah, I like that move. And uh, can't see when it comes to running game. I don't know what to make of that, but why but not? I feel like I feel like Marlon Mack is he could be a starter on a couple of teams. However, now Jonathan Taylor, you know Jonathan Taylor might be. Oh, he's, he's a top he's five stud. back, oh, man. Stud. Absolute stud. He, dude's a I, I just don't know what to expect from Matt because we really haven't seen the past two years. But it'll be well, a, yeah, coming off that Achilles injury. Yeah. But he's gotten he's gotten some yeah. carries and he right. still looks explosive. Yeah. And I'm not sure how much Kansas City wants to give rid of a player they highly invested in. Like you, like well, obviously we're talking about the Chiefs later, but like Edwards Hilaire, Michael Harmon, these were two players they drafted. They set out like. We want to make our offense, you know, we're already the best offense league. Let's make it now unstoppable. And they pinpointed these two players. And obviously these two players have underachieved. But are they so willing to go up on them so soon? I'm not so quite sure. Mm. Give me another one. Well, we, we talked about a little beforehand, your fair player, someone that I still think could do something in this league, Evan Ingram. I want to see Evan Ingram go to the Bengals. I think they could use... Are they going to give us Jamar Chase back? <laughs> <laughs> should be happy about Tyler Boyd. Get another slot receiver. That's what they need. Yeah, more, uh, more slot guys. Just get more slot receiver. Um, yeah, uh, even though CJ Uzama, surprisingly, I didn't. I just thought he was a pure blocking tight end. He could actually make things happen after a catch. Both touchdowns against the Ravens. Like I was shocked at how well he could move after a catch. Dude, and even that game on Thursday Night Football against the Jaguars, he's right. the one that scored the game-winning touchdown. All right, so he could move. Well, why not? I think Cincinnati, low risk, high reward, get Evan Ingram. I still, look, Evan Ingram runs a 4 4. He's someone going to be a vertical threat. I just think he needs a change of scenery and be an offense. And look, you got to live with the drops, maybe a couple of the mental mistakes, but I think there's enough talent there where you could salvage something. It's just not going to be with the Giants. So why not with the Bengals? <clears throat> Evan Ingram checks all the boxes of a guy who needs a fresh start mm-hmm. because it has gotten so bad with him. In the beginning, it was. He's a hell of a player. Can he just stay healthy? And then he stays healthy, and it's can he catch a pass? Right. And then it was a combination of both. He couldn't catch a pass, and also he just was constantly in and out the lineup. Right. So he's a guy who he's still young. The talent is there, like you're saying. He never took that leap into that Mark Andrews, mm-hmm. Zach Ertz two years ago range. Right. You know, talent-wise, you thought he could be a top tight end in the league. And I just think that from the moment that they got him, they didn't really do him any favors. Mm-hmm. They signed Golden Tate, who played in a position on the field that he loved to line up out of, and he was very effective. I would trade Evan Ingram for like an extra timeout a game, though, at this point. Okay. Anything I could get would be nice. Okay. Zach Taylor could give that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the last one that I have is Xavier Howard. This is a dream right here because there's no way this happened. Yeah, yeah, because they just paid him too. Yeah. But, you know, they're on a six-game losing streak. They're 14-point oh. underdogs to the Bills coming off a bye. It's understandable. So let's say seven straight losses, mm-hmm. right? Just if we're using the, the, the win bet odds. 
Him on Kansas City. I mean, they need anything at this point. And just defense. Yeah. I know it's the second time that I mentioned Kansas City, but I think it was a mistake. Gilmore going to the Panthers at the time, you're like, oh, shit, you know, this defense is up and coming, and they're mm-hmm. they're exceeding expectations. Boy, that went south quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, Sam Darnold has a worse QBR with the Panthers than I think only one time did he have a better QBR with the Jets. Like, it's even worse than when he was with the Jets. Well, you and you benched. can't blame the ta- yeah. talent yeah. now. So. Shouts to PJ Walker, XFL <laughs> GOAT. <laughs> Made a good appearance, but... uh yeah, they need anything on this point, and Xavier Howard would be a huge difference maker. It's just, here's the thing, just to bring it back, the Chiefs have the second most expensive defense in the league. I saw that. Besides the Broncos, think about that. At least the Broncos' defense is moderately good. Yeah. yeah. It's just, so, like, it would be hilarious if they somehow put Xavier, because Xavier Howard, as we know, is one of the most expensive players in the league, so imagine they somehow fit that in, but... It's just, it's just amazing how this, I don't know how Kansas City managed their cap space or just the contracts they gave out, but like we'll talk about it. like it's just it's just a rough scene over there. But it would be something if they could somehow fit Xavier Howard into that because you look at some of the players they paid you know, Chris Jones or Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew. It's just like man, imagine they got him too. Can I just give you maybe two to three names and you just tell me if you think they get traded? Okay. Do you have anyone else? Do you add anything else? No, like I, I want to see where what happens with Brandon Ayuk, but I don't mm. think he's gonna get traded. Well, it, it's funny you mentioned him because I had I had two receivers on here. I wanted to ask you about mm. Allen Robinson. Shit is kind of weird, bro. Like, how is it that this guy is? He's you know he's a really good wide receiver. He's a top wide receiver. I feel like in the game hasn't been good this year and just has become Larry Fitzgerald of last season where he's I just don't think he can like I don't know if it's, he's playing injured but he just doesn't separate the same and you know those contested catch because to me Allen Robinson was like one of the top three contested catchers here like this guy you you put anywhere in his vicinity he's gonna go get it and now it just seems like yeah something could be the offense but he just doesn't play that same acceleration so look maybe he's just angry because he's on a franchise or he's playing injured and I do agree, he needs to change the scenery. But look, let's not pair thing on Chicago. Allen Robinson is not playing well right now. So um, I don't think he's going to get traded now. I just think Chicago is such a stubborn franchise. I mean, you know, Matt Nagy's going to do everything possible for them to win now. But I do think wherever he goes next year, I, I hope he gets back to his best because right now he just, he just looks like a shell of himself. He would be perfect on Baltimore. I think that's something we've been saying for like two yeah, years. That's yeah, another yeah. one. Or a team like even Raiders could be fun. You know where else? I mean, yo, what's what's good with Michael Thomas? I thought he'd be back in a week. I don't know. That, that the word was after week six he'd be yeah. back, and now he might miss more time because of the ankle, right. and no one knows anything. He's not talking to anyone. Right. I've never seen an athlete get paid, and then completely just it's been no <laughs> it's been it's it's been as if he hasn't been paid yet and he's been complaining and venting mm-hmm. that he wants to get a contract right. like dude signed for a hundred million dollars and it's been downhill since ever since he broke that record the single season receiving yeah, record yeah, yeah. it's been nothing but a nightmare right. in and out the lineup he's not talking to teammates he's uh it's just it's put up chaos. A, put up a bagel in the playoffs yeah just so weird bro yeah. and look he's not my favorite receiver he's, he's an elite useful. receiver yeah he's, he's definitely useful, useful in the right yeah. system but 
I just don't know what's good with him. It's just so weird. There's been no reports. Yeah. He's like yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Like, he just don't talk to no one. Right. It's just the weirdest shit. Oh, he'll talk on Twitter, but even that's... Like, <laughs> yeah, at least you get something out of him. Where Kawhi, you don't, you don't hear I'll shit. I'll never forget that, um, when the Vikings played the 49ers in the divisional round a couple years ago. He was literally tweeting during the game. I'm like, you just got eliminated by that team six days ago when you were like a, like a 10-point favorite and you were expected to make a Super Bowl run. Get off Twitter. Like, you're not going to win this. You lost to the Vikings. Yo, the the Steelers from, like, 2013 to 2017, and then from 2017 to 2020, the Saints, the two biggest what-ifs in the NFL. Like, those teams yeah. should have at least went to a Super Bowl. I definitely think more of the Saints, though, because, like, they were there. And I've just and home losses, too. Yeah, and I think just some of their losses were so devastating. Like, Minneapolis Miracle. Obviously, the... Conference championship against the Rams with the worst call in NFL history. Worst no call, excuse me. And then just that Vikings loss. What do you think of Odell Beckham? Do you think he gets moved? Man, we talk about Allen Robinson. Looks like he shoved himself. Odell, I don't want to be harsh, but like he doesn't even seem like he play receiver at this point. I know the shoulder injury is brutal, but like that Thursday night game, easily drops a slant. Oh, slips, yeah. On like slips on, down slips on the out route. Like, and then even the Arizona game, he had a couple of big drops. It's just he can't even make the plays you expect from a functional receiver, let alone make big plays. Like, it just, I don't know if injuries have caught up to him or he just doesn't seem all that engaged with what Cleveland's doing, even though they think they have one of the more uh, underappreciated play calls in the league. I think Kevin Stefanski, you watch Kevin Stefanski, he is very good play call. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows how to run an offense. So, um, I think Odell's in that stage where he needs to change the scenery, but I just think we have to get, I think it's, we have to come to senses that it's just he's kind of like a secondary player at this point. Like you can't expect to build a passing game around him. You just hope he comes up with a couple of uh, spark plays and take it from there. The other guy that I had in mind, you mentioned the team before, the Eagles being sellers. What do you think of like Barnett going to a team like maybe maybe the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Titans. I know I, I mentioned all AFC yeah. teams, but I'm just thinking about teams that can improve their defense. And I'm with you, man. I, I think the Eagles might be sellers. They've been buyers in the past. Remember, they got Slay. Oh, yeah. Howie Roseman they, was they made all these slinging, moves. yeah. Yeah, he's always been the guy who, like, they, they acquired uh, Bennett that one time. Right. They were they were heavily in the Jalen Ramsey sweepstakes. They just didn't want to give two first-round picks. Yeah. So, um, I think with Barnett, he's still in his prime, and I just think Philly's got to keep some – Assets, so uh, that's a fair point. Yeah. yeah, the only player I think in his prime that would get trade is Miles Sanders, since they hate using him. But I know he's injured right now. Oh, but like, I feel like they have no interest in Miles Sanders at this point. I saw a graphic and it said that Miles Sanders has the highest, I think, uh, yards per carry in the NFL. It's like, yeah, he only has like seven snaps. Yeah, he plays. <laughs> and someone yeah. tweeted back at me like, no, actually, he has like forty-seven. I was like, yeah, that's the whole point. That's the sarcasm behind it. Philly's quietly one of the toughest watches. Like they, they, their defense is bland. They don't tackle. Yo, is, does, the offense is just like it's just this. It's just like all right. There might be a fun, explosive player now and then, but it, there's no rhythm. There's no identity. It's just bro. Doesn't every Jalen Hurts drop back look the same? Drops back, rolls out to his right. Every yeah. single play looks the same. You know what's funny? Uh, we always used to make fun like Mitch Trubisky couldn't throw it to his left. Like I think Hurts is worse than Trubisky when it comes to that. Like yo, you know. An interesting subplot is how Carson Wentz looks now with, with the Colts. Though I know he had to leave. Like, mm-hmm. it was just very similar to Evan Ingram, a guy who just needed a, needs a fresh start. 
right? Well, the organization flat out gave up on Carson Wentz. Like, yeah. 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 And Jalen Hurts was a second round pick, man. Yeah. I did feel from the beginning when he got drafted and after what he did last year and coming into this season, I felt like he was going to be a way better fantasy player than a real life player. And that's exactly what it's been. Right. Like, dude, I think he scores. If you look at the fantasy rankings, he's he's like a top 10 QB. And his stats, I th- <clears throat> I think like more than half of them come in the fourth quarter. All right. He's like the DeAndre Swift. But DeAndre Swift's very good. Like DeAndre Swift's an awesome player. Yeah. But his points come in garbage time from most point. So Jalen Hurts, that, that's what he does. But, hey, look, at least Eagles got an extra first-round pick from the Miami trade. That's the thing they could hold their, their hope for. Okay. I want to talk to you about the Chiefs. Because when I text you about putting together – the show, you told me the time that you could show up, and you're like, all I ask is a Kansas City segment. Let's talk about it. It's, what do you want to talk about? Man, There's a lot. There is a <laughs> lot. Because uh, we could we could focus on them having the worst defense in the league. We could talk about the turnovers. We could talk about Mahomes being careless with the ball. It's, it's, there's a lot of different things. I just think what was most alarming in that Tennessee game was just the lack of urgency, and it's just... It's not a matter of defense is figuring out Pat Mahomes. I just think Kansas City, they're paying for some bad draft picks and players not developing. I think offensively, how teams do it, you sub too high. You make sure Tyreek Hill doesn't beat you deep. Uh, get physical with Kelsey at the line of scrimmage and then try to make the other players beat you. And I, I think what also doesn't help it if you look at them offensively, like that Orlando Brown trade, it's not working. And this was the big concern with this move. They just want to get a left tackle. But the thing is, Orlando Brown's like 370 pounds. He's massive. He fit great in that Ravens offense where they're running the ball 30, 35 times a game. Kansas City is a whole other offense. And he just Deep dropbacks. Deep yeah. dropbacks. Like Bud Dupree was just blazing by him. Harold Dude, Landry. Bud, Bud Dupree looked like it was a steal how much hey, they paid for him. Hey, man. I'm pro Bud Dupree. He's had a bad start <laughs> of the year. But he, he delivered him and Harold Landry. Uh, D'Amico Autry, they were getting after but the Orlando Bra- Brown trades all good. Hardman just he just seems like a gadget four or five catch guy at best. Edwards Hilaire just can't stand on the field, and even when he's there, he doesn't quite bring it like the other running backs. Like there's no special factor with Edwards Hilaire. I think he's just solid at this point, which is unfortunate because I was really high on him. But it's like, look, we could talk about the defense, but I think you have to look at this off- offense right now. It's like, look, they scored three points, and they're just turning the ball over at a rapid pace. And you scored three points against a team who. Their defense is, they give up points pretty pretty bad as well, <laughs> yeah. right? So, it's concerning. It's concerning, and to me, Alan, I feel like we made we I, we put out that video. Well, I put out that video about how to stop the Kansas City Chiefs, like really fucking around. I yeah. think it was the first game of the year where uh, Mahomes completed twenty seven passes, and seventeen of them went to Kelsey and Tyreek. Mm-hmm. And then there was another game, same exact thing where. Those two guys just ran wild. And it was like, hey, stop one of the two, and you'll be fine. No one else has stepped up, and that seems to be the case. And they have no running game. Mahomes, it seems as if he is trying to do too much. Right. And I think him knowing that the defense is so bad, one of the reasons why he's saying to himself, yo, we can't punt. Mm -hmm. I got to do this cross body throw across the field accidentally press the wrong button in madden throws <laughs> yeah it's what we love about him now it's resulting in losses mm-hmm. so we're saying he's too reckless 
he's leaving the pocket too soon. What's good with Mahomes? Mm-hmm. I I don't like that, right? I like I don't like it either. I'm not a fan of Oh, you love it when it's going well, mm-hmm. but you shit on it when it's going bad. Right. And that's just the nature of our society as sports yeah. people. But he is, I feel like from watching him, and I went back and I watched this game, he's trying to do a lot. Both those turnovers were preventable. Like you look at, he went to his left and he just flung it downfield into like double, triple coverage. Like it was, he put it into traffic and it was deflection and, and Tennessee pounced on. And then that fumble, he wasn't really protecting the ball. Like Mahomes is definitely playing a little too carelessly. Yeah, that's fair. I also think that was just a hell of a play by Bayard too. Yeah, to it, just come around the back. So yeah, I, I want to give him his credit. Absolutely, on that absolutely. One too. And like we'll talk more about Tennessee later because you know I've, I've always been pro Titans. So we love yeah, the Titans. We love, the, hey, love that 1980s. They've been the two top AFC teams the past two weeks. Man. <laughs> the the you, brand is strong. Yeah, but. Uh, Focus on the Chiefs. Like I just think there's times where Mahomes. I'm like, ah, I wish he could tone it down. But like, look at the Washington game. Like those turnovers were just absurd. Like, they could have been easily avoidable. But look, he's in. He's. I think he has that approach right now. Where it's just you kind of you had to score 35 points because his defense just can't stop anybody. So um, I also want to point out, and I think it was a pretty interesting comparison. I got Mike Renner point this out. Remember when Aaron Rodgers kind of was in this position where he would be forcing the ball too much. He wouldn't. He wouldn't throw it away. He wouldn't check it down. He would press the. He'd just be pressing too much. He'd be throwing the ball downfield. I think that's he pointed out. Like Aaron Rodgers in 2017, 2018 is what Mahomes is going through right now. The Mike McCarthy stuff, yeah, right, where he apparently didn't like the offense right. and he would just throw the ball out of bounds because he didn't like that player. He would just, you know, the the like side uh-huh. arm throw it onto the ground right. like it's a screen pass. Yeah, it seems like it. And you know what both of these guys had, Allen. They think they're the best in the world. I understand so. Right. But also, they go through seasons with five, six, seven interceptions on the year. Mm-hmm. And they really care about those numbers, right? And they're known for 40 touchdowns, six picks, Aaron Rodgers and oh, shit yeah. like that. And then you're looking at it now. He has nine interceptions. He had six all of last year, five all of 2019, the year that he won MVP. He threw 50 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. And also, yo... He's he's asked to throw a lot, like they're they're throwing the ball a lot, so it's gonna result in interceptions. Mm-hmm. It's the Andrew Luck thing, right. right? Andrew Luck had to throw the ball his rookie year six hundred times. RG three threw it like three ninety seven or four hundred times. It's like yeah, right. no shit, he threw more yeah. interceptions. Matthew Stafford the same thing. Oh, he threw tw- fifteen interceptions. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he threw seven hundred times. Well, you're forced to throw 40, 50 times a game. That's what's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. So do I think some of these terms could be preventable? Absolutely. But you look at. Just how things are set up in Kansas City right now, there is a ton of pressure. And I think you have to look at their failures more from an organizational standpoint rather than you know putting it on Mahomes. Only Tom Brady has more attempts. Brady has 21 touchdowns to three interceptions. Mahomes has 18 touchdowns to nine interceptions. But the two teams are completely different. Yeah. Offensive line, way better in Tampa Bay. Defense, way better in Tampa Bay. Weapons, collectively, way better in Tampa Bay. So, you're asking him to throw a lot, right? Like, Jared Goff has the same amount of pass attempts as him. He has six interceptions. You know, like... Decent amount of those on garbage time. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. So, uh, look, I think Kansas City, they can still be competitive, but it's just there's... I think the limitations there are too much. Like, that defense, it's just they can't... 
they're not stopping one. They're not forcing turnovers. They're not even making quarterbacks uncomfortable. Like Tannehill, anytime they ran play action, Tannehill was just hitting AJ Brown right there. Yeah, like it's just there's no resistance when it comes to Kansas City, and like and to this point, it's like okay, you want the stars to step up, but it's like what about these other players? Like when does Jadavius Ward step up, or where does Juan Thornhill, or can can a linebacker do something on Kansas City? Like it's just. You know, they signed Jerron Reed from Seattle, who I thought was a potential up-and-coming star. He's been anonymous. So it's just there. there's problems there. And I wonder what happens to Spagnuolo. Is he going to take heat for it? Yeah, the personnel's bad, but can he possibly do something? So I think you can't just place the blame on one or two things in Kansas City. I think it comes from a whole organizational point of view. No, I agree with you. I think that's definitely the case. And you got to see, man, because your division is tough, right? Raiders aren't first. Chargers are there. Denver always plays you hard, and your schedule is not exactly the easiest. So you you gotta you gotta get it together. And if you're the offense, yeah. you have to you have to play better too. They already got they're about to get that third NFC East game in now, but they still have to play Dallas too. Yeah, Dallas offense against that Kansas City <laughs> that might throw for eight hundred <laughs> yards. I want to talk about the Titans and Colts game because Allen, I feel like this one has huge huge division ramifications right. right the titans are five and two the colts are three and four if you're the titans you win this game you get a three game lead on the colts it's the only team that could catch you in that division right. and if you're the colts you close ground and the colts had the hardest schedule of any team in the nfl through the first seven weeks i do think still that game that they lost to the ravens is going to be the one that bites them in the ass later down the road if they can overcome that Hats off to them. They're playing really, really well. No interceptions for Carson Wentz the last four games, though he did have I, that. I still can't believe that wasn't an interception. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. That was really wild. But look, given the weather conditions <clears throat> for that game, I'm not going to be too critical Wentz. I thought he played admirably. Yeah, he has one pick on the year. He's taking care of the football. They're getting Jonathan Taylor going. You can make a case. These might be the two best running backs in football right now, the way they're playing. Four straight games with a touchdown for Jonathan yeah, Taylor. We know about Derrick Henry. Got Quinn Nelson back too. Yeah, and they're 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 dominating. And I think the the one interesting thing here is, I really want to see, I want to see the Colts in a spot like this. They're at home, and this is. I don't want to say like loser leaves town. That'd be inappropriate. But this is this could be for the division here, like early on. I think if. For division, it might be a must-win for the Colts. Just given how good Tennessee's playing, like you have to take into account, like they've beaten Buffalo and Kansas City, so they were playing a first-place schedule. They already beat two of those first-place teams. The only first-place team left they got to play is Pittsburgh, which you would favor them in. So, I think Tennessee, like their schedule is going to ease up a bit now. They've already beaten the heavyweights. So, and I think Colts in a big spot. Like you, you want to see them put together. Like they've fallen short. They've been competitive by this point. It's like we, we got to see the complete package. Like I want to see Forrest Buckner and Darius Leonard lead that defense. You know, can they keep Derrick Henry uh, somewhat contained? Like don't let him go for 150 and two scores. Like, you know, make him work for it. You know, make him average less than four yards per carry. Put Tannehill in third long situations. Don't let him get comfortable when it comes to passion. Because I think it's proven like if you, if you force the game on Tannehill where he's got to play a lot like third and eights and third and nines, it could be a problem for him. So, uh, I do have a concern though. If you want to look at it from a schematic standpoint, like the Colts' defense, they like playing a lot of zone, yeah, most zone heavy team. Yeah, 
With AJ Brown, Julio Jones, after the catch, that could be a major problem. You give those two space, they could pick up yards quickly in a hurry. So, like, I think I would be concerned about the Colts. I'm concerned about any defense going against the Titans offense if they're fully healthy because, look, that three-head monster. Yeah. They could do damage against anybody. You know, the Titans play the easiest schedule the rest of the way. The Colts are tied for 11th with a, with a bunch of other teams. You know who has the hardest schedule the rest of the way? No. The Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> From a win percentage. Hey, they're getting, the, hey, they're, they're getting rid of the NFC East teams. Yeah. So, and they're playing d- divisional games soon. My, my thing with the Titans, and I think the Colts have a good matchup on when they're on offense mm-hmm. because I think they could definitely exploit some of the weaknesses for Tennessee. Michael Pittman is going to continue to cause mayhem. I expect a big game from him. I think I do think that both teams are going to sell out to stop the run, and whichever quarterback plays better, great point. Might because aren't aren't you can make a case that both teams are very similar on offense, whereas obviously they got a AJ Brown and Julio are way better receivers yeah. than what Michael Pittman is. Maybe Pittman enters a conversation close to those guys eventually, but they both want to run the ball. They both have bell cow backs that they want to give the ball to 25, 30 times. They do have quarterbacks that can be dangerous in the red zone when it comes to option, like you saw Wentz and Tannehill scored last weekend. Yeah, and I think that these teams are very similar from schematics, like you said before. The Colts are at home. Do you think it's possible that the Titans might be in a maybe a, a letdown spot? Or, you know, you just play two really big games, man, back-to-back. And now this is a big game, though, too. Yeah, and if anything, should be well-rested. They have to really play in that fourth quarter. Yeah. The game was done, dusted, especially when Holmes got injured. So I don't really think they're in a letdown spot. It's not like they're on a short week. If anything, I'd be a little concerned with the Colts. They literally just played in a monsoon. Yeah. <laughs> like They played in, what, a, in West a gorilla Coast. monsoon. <laughs> <laughs> like, that game was... I don't know how you could play in that, but it was a true gritty performance. Who you got in this game? I'm gonna go with the Titans. I'm I'm, I'm riding that wave. I, I don't. I think the Colts' defense will struggle in this, and I don't know if they have the. I don't know offensively if they could put up enough points, and I do wonder. Tennessee, look, their defense, particularly at corner, they're very very questionable. Like it, they, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, what's the first round pick? Why am I blanking on it? Caleb Farley? Yeah, uh, he's obviously injured. Yeah, he's out for the year. Janoris Jenkins looks 45 years old. Like, corners are bad. But one thing I'll give to Tennessee, they're getting after the front four. Harold Landry's having a career year. Bud Dupree slowly putting together. And D'Amico Autry, who was... uh, I was surprised the Colts let him go. He was someone that was flashing every week for them. I guess they didn't want to pay him. So he's now there. Jeffrey Simmons made that huge play on Josh Allen a couple weekends ago, uh, that Monday night. So... That front four, be on the lookout for them, and I think they'll do enough to get the win here. I'm going to go with the Titans. I just realized this is a rematch from – they've played already. They played in week three. Wow, that game was very forgettable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the uh, box AJ, score here. AJ like, Brown didn't play. Julio got injured. Yeah, it was uh, – Westbrook Akine had a four for 53 and a touchdown. Yeah. That's about it. You know, Derrick Henry had 113 yards but 28 carries. Just very lackluster. Mm-hmm. But – Wow, I completely forgot about that. So Titans got the this, tiebreaker. Yeah, they got the tie. This is even. This is really a 
if the Titans win this game, there's really a four-game lead yeah. they would have on them. Oh, wow. So this is even bigger. That first game was so forgettable. Yo, bro, I never would have guessed. Because I was I was thinking about the schedule because I was thinking about the Titans. Like, they got blown out by the, the Cardinals, right, week one. Beat Seattle. They that beat throw. Seattle. And then I couldn't remember that this was the week three game because I was my dad my dad calls me early in the week and because he saw the video I put up with Ippy about like the NFL is weird, bro. Mm-hmm. The Titans beat the Bills and Chiefs back to back, but they lost to the Jets. Yeah. It's like, but you know, context. They didn't right. have all those players. Mm-hmm. So it's just this game, yeah, forgettable for right. sure. I couldn't you you usually high on the Colts. You're gonna go with the Colts here. I'm gonna go with the Colts here. Okay. Yeah, I think the Big Colts. Spot. Yo, it's their their playoff hopes are kind of on the line. Because yeah, you look at you look at the AFC wild card. It's hard to compute those teams. NFC North, uh, AFC North, and AFC West. Yeah, man, that's gonna be really tough. Yeah. So if you're the Colts, your only logical route to the playoffs would be to win your division. Right. And now I'm even more on the Colts because it's kind of it's it's a must win. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Game. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Colts here to win. Mm-hmm. Next up, Patriots Chargers. My boy is back. Boy's Off back. I'm not really feeling this game, but why not? I just don't think the Patriots are a good team. So I'm still down with the Patriots. So, so here's the thing, right? You're right. Do you know what their three wins are this year? Uh, two against the Jets. And they played them recently. Texans. Texans. And they barely won that. Congrats. Those are your two, your three wins. <laughs> a team that you've beaten 11 straight times. Yeah. And, and the Texans, in which you had to crawl back. To win that yeah, Davis game. Mills is making things happen. That Yo, game. yes, yes. Okay, I am pumped because the Chargers are coming off a bye. I want to see what they're going to look like. This U- is ugly the f- loss. Ugly loss, yeah. And people were feeling the Chargers. I was feeling the Chargers. Still feeling the Chargers. Yeah. Now your schedule is not that bad. You have a relatively easy schedule the rest of the way. You are only the Dolphins, Bills, and Titans have an easier schedule than you. And their hard games are going to be at home. Like they have the Chiefs again, which who knows, by then it might not even be a hard game. You know what I mean? Let's also take into account they have the tiebreaker right now over Kansas City and Las Vegas. Yes, because they've beaten them. And I believe the Raiders are on a bye. So if the Chargers win this game, they go tied with the Raiders. Mm -hmm. They would be in first. Now... The worst game of Justin Herbert's career was last year, 45 nothing to the Pats. Rookie quarterbacks versus Belichick. 
I think he's won like 25 straight games or some yeah. shit. Just always oh, just. Exp- I feel like that was just like an Anthony Lynn, you can't be a head coach anymore type of game. It, it could have been. It could have been. But he did have a couple of turnovers there. I I think Staley is an amazing head coach. Mm-hmm. I was talking with Darius Butler and Will Blackman on Upsets and Underdogs this week. And Darius Butler was saying how, man, I'm all in on, on the Chargers and that coach. Like, I really like that coach. He loves Justin Herbert also. We were having a fun back and forth. But he was saying how that guy is a culture changer. He thinks, like, you no longer have to think of, all oh, it's same old Chargers kind of thing. Because he's a dude that guys want to play for, mm-hmm. right? Now, him coming off a bye, let's see how good he is. Have they made some adjustments? They're, re- they're really light up front. That's one of the reasons why they get exposed on the ground. But a couple of guys were carrying some injuries like Mike Williams was always questionable until game time and now coming off the bye I really want to see them against a team who they've beaten them six straight times the Patriots have I know it's with Brady I get that yeah. but still it's you know it's a team that That's has been pl- an issue for that you. playoff game in particular because the Chargers they were they had some serious momentum being the Ravens and then that that game it was just it man, was over by the first quarter man that game bro you know what sucked it was such a bad spot. And I remember I bet the Chargers that year to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I bet the Patriots in that game. Mm-hmm. And the reason why was they play Baltimore, go back west, they come back home again. Both on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Sunday at 1 o'clock. And it's like, oh, why didn't you just stay out east, yeah. you know? But I, I get it. But you're right. That game was... It was what twenty one nothing at halftime. Yeah. The game appeared the final box score appeared to be closer than what it actually was, but the game was over at halftime. Right. You know, it's just a lot of garbage time. Right. But what do you think of this one, man? Because I'm fascinated to see what that running game is going to do against this Chargers team. That's true. I there's one highlight is that Damian Harris is that guy's a grinder. He you want to talk about running in between the tackles and just getting yards after contact he's one of the best in the league at doing it and this Chargers team is a bit finesse so you could you could get after him there i just i just wonder when we're gonna see more from matt jones okay he's a functional quarterback like you see him he's like okay this is very chad painton-esque like he doesn't make mistakes but i'm just wondering where we're gonna see him push the ball downfield more so could it be this one i'm not sure but uh, I just I just want to see more when it comes to New England. I just feel like they, they, not necessarily that the playmakers, but they just have added so much, and it's just I just feel like they're just very dick and dunk, and just it's gonna get to a point where in a game, and I think this will be a game where they're gonna be trailing for the most part. I don't think it's gonna be single digits like it was against the Bucks. Like I think the Chargers are gonna get after him. So how is Mac Jones gonna respond from adversity? You know, that's gonna be a question. And New England pass protection wise, they've struggled a lot this year, and I can see Joey Bosa just eating them up. And how's Mike Jones gonna handle that pressure as well? So, uh, I'm 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 really intrigued to see what happens to him because it's like, all right, Mike Jones he plays mistake free. He's very cookie cutter. He's getting he's getting the ball out quick. But I want to see what he does against like a brand Staley defense that's gonna throw a lot of coverage disguise at him. They're gonna obviously bring blitzes from different areas. Like Brand Staley is gonna challenge him mentally. How is him and how is Matt Jones and Josh Mayo is going to respond. I think that's. I think the coaching battle is going to be probably the best part of this game. I'm really fascinated by the Chargers coming off the bye, and like you said before, them getting embarrassed by the Ravens, sort of being humbled because everyone was feeling high about them. And look, it's an ugly loss, and if you want to be taken seriously as a contender, when you suffer a loss like you did to the Ravens, you want to come out and you want to put on a dominating performance and say, you know what, that was just a 
I was just a weird spot. It mm. was the ugly loss for us, right? Mm. If you look at every team in the NFL right now, every team besides the Cardinals, because they haven't lost yet, mm. the time we're recording, it's prior to the Thursday Night Football game, every single team has had a WTF loss. You look at the schedule and you're like, how the hell did that team lose to that team? Every single one that has lost the game. With the exception being... I would say Tampa. Tampa, because they, they, they lost a better team. Yeah. 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 And That's I, very I, fair. I think I think the Rams, you even put in that because they got soundly beaten by Arizona. Like It was a bad game by Stafford. Defense got lit up, so I could I could see the Rams being put in that category. We obviously know Green Bay that yeah. week one, which is probably going to be looked at as like one of the most bizarre week ones ever. Yeah. Way back on it, so... Uh, look, teams are a lot of bad weeks, and we can't hold them to the highest standard every week. There's going to be hiccups sometimes. So the Chargers, hopefully they got that out their system and they're ready to play at a high level because you look at this team, they're a certified contender. And now you look at this game, they're favorites for obvious reasons. Now you really want to see them bring it. I want to mention one thing about the MVP, which was very weird, right? Like, obviously I'm invested in Justin Herbert, so I'm not going to do it. However, this would be the kind of spot I would target I would bet on Justin Herbert right now for MVP, and here's why. Prior to the bye week, so even after the Ravens lost, he was the fourth favorite. Now he's 18-1. to 1. He's the ninth favorite. And what changed? He hasn't played. So the fact that he went from the fourth favorite now to the ninth favorite, just because he had a bye week, I think there's some great value on a guy like that. Like that situation was very similar to Lamar Jackson a couple years ago. Yeah. Where I bet I bet Lamar Jackson after prior to the Pats game, uh-huh. what players have surpassed him? It's Kyler Murray, Brady, Dak, also on the bye, yeah. Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and Matthew Stafford. Not in that order, but those are the guys. Those that are, are ahead six. But he went from four to nine. You said. Yeah. Oh, Lamar Jackson also, uh-huh. and let's get Derrick Henry in there. No, <laughs> um, not a running back. It's uh. No, he was eighth. You're right. Oh, eighth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, four to eighth. So, and all those players you listed, you know, they do have strong cases, particularly Kyler and Tom Brady. Kyler, man, it's hard to. Man, we haven't talked about enough because we're kind of tired about talking. But Tom Brady, like, you can't deny, like, he's putting up a year. <laughs> Yo, listen, I was talking about this with with Impy. Do you? Is the answer just right in front of us that they're going to win the Super Bowl? No, 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 you can't just say that definitively. Yeah, you don't and, think so. Dude, it's gonna whoever comes out of the NFC, it's gonna take everything. Come on, NFC. Well, we, the the five we, best records. We, we, are, could, we uh, could all agree that the f- NFC has five really true contenders that could beat anyone. Oh yeah, it's gonna so be. A, I, I don't think we should look at Tampa Bay defending, especially given the issues in the secondary as well. Yeah, I mean, look, Arizona, Green Bay, the Bucks, the Rams, and, the, and Dallas. Yeah. The five best records in football, yeah. all in the NFC, and one of them is gonna be a wild card team. Right. And one of them's gonna be wild card, meaning it's gonna be your Arizona or LA. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. But all right, yeah. I, I respect that. I respect that take. Let's go into the last game that we're gonna talk about, Allen. And it's a. Uh, it could be fireworks. This this is gonna be fun, man. Cowboys visiting the Vikings. Both of them coming off a bye. Both of them kind of needing the bye. I feel like not from playing. But big guys wins. had some injuries too. Yeah, but they also had big wins, big, big close games. Yeah. Oh, every game the Vikings have played this year has been a, yeah. a barn burner. But, but that would have been a, just that could have been a season defining collapse. Like the Vikings have had their fair share of bad losses, but if they would have lost to Carolina, the way they gave up that lead, 
Dude, and even yeah. D- Detroit the week before. Oh, man. <laughs> Detroit should have never lost that game. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, Obviously, we can't dedicate a segment to it because they're winless. But, like, can we give love to Lions just for their approach? Onside kick, two Love fake it. punts. Love it. They're like, Dan Campbell, he's talking about, like, uh, how do you get an 0 17 motivated? He talks about every player in our locker room. Like, if you're not there and if this uh, doesn't taste like you know what, if you're numb to this, don't play for our team. Like, you better feel our pain right now. I'm like, yo, this guy, like, I've run for a wall for this. <laughs> yo, why why not? If you're 0-7, why not do onside kicks but, but and not, go but, for it on fourth down? But especially against teams that you know you're heavy. Underdogs. Under, yeah, like, yeah. you're going against the Rams. You better pull up the stops. Why not? And they, yeah. dude, they did it, man. They, they went for that shit. Yeah. I love it, yo. So, uh, <laughs> man, we're giving Lions love. And I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Philly this weekend. Yeah, their first win. They're at yeah. home. Why not? Yo, I'm I'm so for that, bro. If I if I'm the head coach of a team and I know I'm a three touchdown, three possession underdog, mm-hmm. or I just know that I'm overmatched, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, man, fourth and two from the fifty, we're we're gonna do some right. fake shit. Yeah, and you know what I love like Dan Campbell looks like your prototypical conservative, old school minded coach, big authoritative figure. Oh, we're not gonna do analytics. Oh, we're not taking chances. This guy's going for it, man. Like he's not just some old school former tight end tight end coach like he's someone that he's taking chances and he's using analytics and he's trying to push these teams and he's trying to work with a roster that we know is one of the worst in the league so man salute to dan campbell this is we've always loved dan campbell man. but after after that rams game i'm like all right man like the lions i hope they get the number one pick and just build Shouts to shouts to the Lions fans out there. All twenty seven of you. <laughs> he's had he's had to lay it to him. <laughs> I had to lay it to him. But all right, Cowboys Vikings, I, a game where I think we should be getting some fireworks. Yo, don't these two teams look the same? With with Minnesota having a weaker offensive line, I think Dallas has a superior quarterback. Kirk's playing pretty well, man. I listen. I would take Dak over Kirk. Don't get it twisted. It's just, Kirk, but you I, just can't trust Kirk for all the time, man. Uh, you just know there's gonna be mistakes. And look, we know Kirk Cousins in prime time is ooh, is a problem. Okay. But I will say though, okay, I, I like. That. I will say though, back in if you remember, this game was in 2019, Vikings Cowboys Sunday night game. To me, this was one of the like nails in the coffin for Jason Garrett. This is a game where Dak was lighting him up. I think this is when Dallas had. Did they have Randall Cobb? I think it was the time that Dallas had Randall Cobb. Can we look that up? Yeah, I'm pulling it up right yeah, now. Because I think Dallas had Cooper, Gallup, and Cobb. They were lighting up the Vikings secondary. Vikings did just look They so did, good. yeah. Yeah. Randall Cobb had six for 106 and a touchdown. Okay, I knew it. Like, dude, Dak was throwing all over them. And on the final drive, they gave the ball to Zeke like on a third and one. They got stuff like a three-yard loss. And then fourth and four, Dak throws a Zeke incomplete. They were just like, everyone's just like, you had all the mat Like Cooper, Gallup, Cobb, they were just going off, just exploiting every corner. Like Trey Waynes couldn't cover anybody. And then the last drive, they tried giving it to Zeke. And it's just like, you just lost the game. Like to me, that game was one of those moments. Cause remember Dallas went, was like, I think one in six in one possession games that year. That was one of those games you're like, now you know why Jason Garrett just can't be the head coach's team. So now... We go into this game. Well, Dallas's head coach is still kind of a liability. Maybe not, maybe not as bad, but at least he knows that use the playmakers. Just don't ask him to do uh, clock management because that's going to end up bad. But I, I'm still. I, it's just with Cousins. It, 
I just think there's always a cap there. And yeah, he's he's playing better, and I'll give him credit. The Carolina game was a very gutsy performance, but I just in this game, I think the margin of error is so small because I expect the Cowboys they're gonna lay up this Vikings defense. Thirteen touchdowns to two interceptions, one thousand seven hundred and sixty-nine yards. They're three and three. Dalvin Cook was in and out the lineup, got a fairly sizable workload in his last game. Oh yeah, like thirty carries. Yeah. What about the battle of the second-year wide receivers in this one? Who would you have? I still go Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I know CeeDee Lamb's exciting, and he makes the more highlight real plays, but on a down-and-out basis, you just see what Justin Jefferson can do. Yeah. This is this is a tough game, man. I like Minnesota in this spot. I like Minnesota in this spot. Trayvon Diggs has gotten an interception in every single game. I think, in my opinion, he's the favorite for Defensive Player of the Year right now, even though he's not from a odds perspective. I think he should be. Now, Dallas has, you know, they're undefeated against the spread, so they're covering all their games. That's always bad news for sports books because it's a popular team. However, this is a spot where I like Minnesota as an underdog at home. And Mike Zimmer, historically, is a really good coach at home in these spots. They're both coming off a bye week. Which coaching staff do you? McCarthy and Zimmer back at it. Yeah. They used to do it twice a year. So this one, man, wow, that's true. Yeah, with Green Bay. I forgot yeah. about that. I don't know, dude. I think it's uh, it's going to be a shootout, I feel like. I, th- I think Zimmer realizes get ready for 25 carries for Dalvin Cook. He's going to want to keep that Dallas offense off the field as much as possible. Don't put Kirk Cousins in third and long situations because, as we know, Dan Quinn's been blitzing a lot more than usual. Like, it, it, that Dallas defense is different. There's no, no, They don't play too much cover three anymore, and Dan Quinn's not as conserved. He's looking to mix it up a little bit. And with Micah Parsons and you know, Randy Gregory's having a good year, you know, they, they, could, they could cause problems there. But I just, I just think... This game is bound to be a shootout. I just yeah. think with the both offenses, like it, it's just a matter of what quarterback makes more mistakes. And I just feel like Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins always is make more likely to make the mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Yo, also, uh, the Vikings have had some guys emerge in their offense out of nowhere. KJ Osborne. Oh, I love him. He's been um, oh. he's been awesome on third downs. A he, slot receiver. They need a KJ Osborne for a couple years now because Minnesota has not had a third receiver. It's always been. You always knew that it's going to go to. Diggs and Thielen yeah. or Thielen and Jefferson. Like right. you knew where the targets were going to go. And even Tyler Conklin has stepped up. Right. He's made some big plays for them as well. Yeah. Pretty sure it was Osborne who scored the game winning touchdown against the Panthers. Yes, he did. He did the the helmet throw. Which oh. is becoming iconic now. Let's, I feel like Minnesota should always do this for now when they have the game winner. Let's go. But uh, also want to make no uh, Michael Gauss expect to be back in this game. He, he always a game changer yeah, with yeah, his yeah, ability. Yeah. So you're gonna go Minnesota. I think Minnesota, man. I really do. I think Dallas is too loaded. Yeah. It's tough, Dak, man. Dak think... is really playing MVP level. Oh, nah. He's playing amazing. He just always seems to be in control, which is what this makes the game further fasting because you know Zimmer's going to be cooking up something. You know, how does Dak handle this environment? You know, Minnesota is known for being a hostile environment. Uh, Zimmer loves bringing those double A gap blitzes, has Prescott respond. But you know, what you hear about his performance level is just like he's very much like Peyton. He just seems to be always in command, Dak Prescott. So that's saying, and look, they're running the ball great. You know, we haven't talked about him yet, but like Ezekiel Elliott, he's looking reborn. Yeah, he's looking, and then Tony Pollard's a big play machine. So I just think Dallas has way too many weapons. If you're going to beat Dallas, I need a you got to have a quarterback I could truly trust. And as much as I love Dalvin Cook, it just 
I just I can't bank on it. Okay, you're gonna have 30 carries, but like I still don't think Minnesota's defense is all there. Like those corn, those old corners are gonna have in, in for a long night. Hell poor yeah. Patrick Peterson. Oh yeah, yeah, get ready. Yeah, get ready. But it, it should be a good one. It's, like schedule is kind of weak this coming up, but like Dallas, they're one of the most exciting teams in the league, and Minnesota, we know their firepower. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one. You're going with Dallas? Yeah, I gotta go Dallas. I'm going with Minnesota. Did we disagree on all our picks? No, we're both going. We mentioned, but like we're pretty convinced on the Chargers. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like for for those listening, like we're yeah. we, we absolutely love the Chargers. I'm not crazy about the Patriots. You're like mad on them, but uh, yeah, I got Titans, Cowboys. You got the home teams, Colts and Vikings. Yeah, it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be fun. I, I really think those are the only games worthy of watching. Back to back, just kind of lackluster slates. Mm-hmm. Though it's nice that I, I think I'm gonna try to go out Sunday night yeah. football for that game we, at least. We uh. We weren't going to do a whole preview, but I do think I'm just wondering because we, I just feel like we're, no one's talking about them. And understandably so because they're kind of boring. But like, how are the Saints going to play against the Bucs? Because they're, they're just an right enigma now. right now. <laughs> Jameis Winston revenge, baby. Uh, to the other team, like, <laughs> I just, I just, that Saints offense is a hard watch right now. Like, maybe Alvin Kamara will get like 15 targets, but it's just, like, I'm, I'm, well, with those linebackers, they'll probably be able to, neutralize them. them yeah yeah so i think that game gets blown out too it could be it could be reversal of last year remember what the saints did to tampa Bay on, on uh sunday night it was like the first game of antonio brown and he like slipped on a route and then yeah. he just, it, they just looked all over the place well last year the saints beat them twice and then they lost in the playoff game right but the sunday night game was bad particularly yeah. it was like 38 nothing oh yeah yeah that was the real bad one that was in tampa also correct wow you're right because the first one was opening that was week one. Uh, yeah, and like Evans was beat up, and it was his first game for Brady. Yeah, he overthrew Gronk on a yeah yeah. Wow, so, dude, so I forgot about but, that. But that shit. Sunday night game was uh, it was huge. like thirty five nothing at right. halftime. Like, they got completely destroyed, and that offense looked hopeless against the Saints defense. That look, they're still playing very well, Saints defense, and they're starting to get healthy. And Marcus Davenport's playing better. Um, Demario Davis put on a clinic. Like New Orleans, New Orleans, they're still competitive, it's, and I think they're. I'd be shocked if they don't make the playoffs. Because you look at the NFC, besides the Big Five we're talking, and we're going to be talking about the Big Five for until January because it is the Big Five, what other NFC teams are there? To me, it's New Orleans and maybe Minnesota. Yeah, it seems like it. Seattle. How, Every, how everyone, else is, everyone else is two and five or three and four. San Fran's a mess. Look, man, the three and three Falcons are going to be, go, be they're going to be fighting, but God, they're way too limited. Like, there's no way the Falcons are going to push for a playoff spot. So, I'm looking at teams like if you're going to fill out the NFC right now, it's probably New Orleans and Minnesota because how can you trust the rest of the West? And oh boy, Carolina, dude, Carolina's hard. Like you, you saw them play the Giants. Like it's hard oh, to watch. Yeah, that's that's a kind of loss where like I mean. I was like, going to say like a fireable offense. Not fireable offense, but it's like you're really questioning where your franchise is headed after. Well, they did have they did have a meeting with Joe Brady. Matt Rule had a meeting with Joe Brady just oh. to talk things over. And it's like, you know, the last couple of years, all I've been hearing about Joe Brady is this offensive genius to come out. They, with, they've put up numbers. It's just now it's, oh, boy. Like they, like they just have no trust in Darnold. But look, let's not put on the coaching staff. Darnold's making some. Like, jet decisions. Yeah. Like oh, it, yeah, it's yeah. concerning, but uh, well, there's always there's always teams that come out the gates three and oh, four and oh, three and one, and then completely we look back and say, wow, that was horrible. Yeah, that Car- we even Carolina, Carolina and Denver and Denver, yeah. yeah. 
So let's see. Let's see. Alan, where can they find you if they want to contact you? Alan Sterk, A-L-L-E-N-S-T-R-K. Anything you're working on? Uh, Kyle Pitts pieces out. Let's go. Yes, we, we broke down the new unicorn. Uh, very excited for that one. I just, I don't, I don't think we've ever seen a tight end that moves like him. Yo, outside of Jamar Chase, is he not the best, second best rookie in the league? Absolutely. Like, can't Absolutely. be a quarterback. Absolutely. Wait, we can really talk, because they're playing the Jets this week, but man, Jamar Chase. Beast mode. Dude, after the catch, like. Just 200. God. 200 yeah, yards. I, I heard a crazy stat. He's like, you know, like air yards or yeah, yard yeah. per target. So he's seven, seventh right now in, in like yards per target, but he's seventh also in yards after catch. So he's obviously, he's like the 40, 40 yard plus play machine, but he's also doing work after catch as well. It's just, he's just a complete package. He really is. Yeah. And I know Will was talking about he might be receiver one in a few years. Uh, Look, I'm still Devontae Adams the best, and yeah, it's yeah, gonna take yeah, a lot yeah. to dethrone Devontae Adams. But well, Adams two, is also 29. Yeah, and in, this kid's 21. In two years, look, Ch- Chase could be the guy. Like, Man, every week he does, and dude, he did it to Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. 200 on a premier corner in the league. <sighs> hey, keep that guy healthy, man. Let, let's enjoy oh, that the one. Bang, the Bengals are, yeah, the Bengals. Just, just, just Burrow and Chase. Can you give us that? That's the, that's a pairing right there, man. For the yeah. next decade, just watch those we guys. We know how much you love LSU, so you're, you're always big LSU, bro. Those two guys are so fun to watch, and Chase is just a flat out baller. I, I felt like. When Justin Jefferson came out last year and was balling out, I remember telling my friends, I'm like, yo, there's this kid on LSU. I mean, at the time, he wasn't on LSU because he sat out last year because of COVID. I was like, yo, I felt like he was better than Jefferson in college. And you saw what Jefferson did. That's high praise. And now this dude is... Bro, he's already a top five wide receiver in the league. Hey, people, enjoy these rookies. Fuck yeah, man. So good. So good. Hey. At Veterans Minimum, as you can find everything for the show. I gave the plugs out in the beginning. Enjoy your weekend. Have fun. Trick or treat. Make sure the candy wrappers are tied up. Nothing's open. We'll catch you guys later.